Prayer can be an area of pride in our lives without us even realizing it. True biblical prayer involves petitions and supplications before God. It involves trusting in God's ways when the answer to our prayer is no or being reminded that His grace is sufficient. In times of prayer for loved ones and other areas of life personally, it can seem weak in our understanding to not command and demand as maybe we once did or have heard others do. I have found myself in that very position, feeling as if my prayer was weak and lacking power because I could not bring myself to degree and declare as I once did after gaining better biblical understanding of how prayer is modeled in Scripture. However, there is great freedom when you embrace your weakness as the clay on the potter's wheel. Weakness should not be disparaged, and the power is not in my prayer, but in the one to whom I am praying. We are to seek his will and not our own, which when we do this, it only seeks to further reveal our weakness and our trust in God's sovereignty. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Scribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the word and loving the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Scribe. Today's podcast is talking about a recent blog post I did called Perfected in Weakness. And I found myself thinking about my own personal life, and you probably will as well, and always wanting to go back and to trust in the Lord in the highs and the lows of our life, and to remember that uh, God is sovereign, and that we are to trust in Him, and to place our um, our hope in Him, and to rest in His peace in the middle of life's storms, and in the middle of life's trials and hardships. And this all came about when I was thinking personally, even over the past few years, of things that had happened in my personal life and had happened in 2020 and then even on into this year. I found myself in uncharted waters, I I should say, because in times past with the way that I used to pray and the way I was taught to pray is that you decreed and declared and that you put a demand on the Word of God and that you command, that you're powerful in prayer. Though there may be some well intentions in that, at the same time, I began to realize when I faced significant problems uh, in my life and hardships that knowing what the Bible said and, and going to what Scripture said about how to pray, that I could not find any passages that supported, consistently supported that belief of decreeing and declaring and commanding and demanding, saying that that's faith, that essentially the power is in your prayer, whereas the power is in the God to whom we pray, the the Almighty God, the one true and living God. We trust Him regardless of the outcome after we've prayed. I've watched countless situations take place with people that I know and people I don't know, decreeing and declaring. And I wonder sometimes if we really are glorifying God, uh, if we're taking credit for what happens in prayer, or if we're truly glorifying God and trusting Him along the way. And sometimes that can even be seen in when we have been decreeing and declaring and still there's no change. Or still the outcome is not what we have been decreeing and declaring. That should give us pause to go back to scripture and to look at what God says and to 
to understand that we are to trust him regardless of what we see. This started personally coming to light in me last year during my pregnancy with our second child. And I may have talked about this a little bit before, but there's some things that I had kept close to myself and between myself and the Lord in prayer because of my, uh, I guess my fear of, or of being weak or appearing weak before people, this mindset that I used to have that, you know, you are powerful in prayer. Again, you, you decree and declare. And during my pregnancy, it was a very hard time. Um, I was high risk and I, every, every week I was facing some hurdles to get over as I went to the doctor And they were telling me different things. I was having to have tests run and uh, weekly ultrasounds. And there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And on top of that, the pandemic was going on. So I, my husband was not allowed to be with me in the exam rooms and the ultrasound rooms. And so when they're telling me the information, they're telling me week to week, it was hard. And I remember at one point breaking down in front of the doctor just once. Most of the time I waited till I got to the car to do that when I was having those, those uh, rough times. And I remember sitting on the couch at night, um, for the women that can attest to, can relate to this or attest to this, the bed just got uncomfortable, which I really did not like that fact. I wanted to sleep in my own bed, but near the end of the pregnancy with Ephraim, I couldn't, it, it just wasn't comfortable. And so the last few months, I want to say at least two months, it may have been two and a half months, I had to sleep on the couch. And honestly, that was some of the darkest times that I had was at night sitting in the living room there was a lamp on in the foyer and I would sit there in the darkness in the dim light in the slash darkness and I would sit there and cry and I would also pray and I remember initially the feeling of helplessness that I was experiencing in that time because I could not bring myself to decree and declare as I once did because I was so convicted when I read scripture that I could not find it anywhere in proper context to do such a thing. And when I would read in the New Testament and even how Jesus prayed, if it be your will, God, if when he was in the garden and he's praying, truly God and truly man, and he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane and his disciples are falling asleep that came with him. They're falling asleep a distance away from him while he's praying and he's in agony and an angel comes to minister to him and he is praying, Lord, if it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And I'm paraphrasing that and forgive me. I would remember my savior, our Lord and savior praying that way in the garden. I would remember reading about how Paul prayed and in um, 2 Corinthians 12 when he talks about the thorn in the flesh that was given to him a messenger of Satan which we don't know Uh, I'll talk a little bit about this because the the blog post I did had to do with this I, I began to really think about this passage because how Paul prayed I noticed very quickly when I read it having fresh eyes to see it again I noticed that he did not command it to leave. He did not decree and declare. He did not command it. He did not demand it. He did not do the things that I had been once taught. Rather, what he did was he began to pray to God and he said he prayed three times and he asked God to take this from him, to remove this from him. And the Lord's response was to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
And Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, he says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is not talk that's really broadcasted a lot in a lot of the circles that I was in. It's more focused on the power, the dunamis. There's no talk of weakness, and if there is, it's few and far between. Rather, it's a focus on how powerful we are and how our words have power and that we have the ability to speak things into existence and we need to watch what we say. I understand that some people may not like this statement, but it really does seem like it deglorifies God. It de-deifies God, undeifies God, however you want to say that. And I know that that's not the intent of people. That's what I want to believe. Is not That's not the intent of people. But at the same time, it completely removes the fact that God is truly sovereign and that we cannot command, essentially, God to do our bidding. We cannot do that. And so I began to think about this passage recently. One of the passages that came to mind when I was going through my pregnancy last year and the, the trial that I was going through with, with our pregnancy and the week-to-week things that were going on was I would sit at night, first of all, on the couch crying and feeling so weak and crying out to God quietly, not to wake up my daughter or my husband, and crying out in the partial darkness to God and going, God, I, I can't pray the way I used to pray. I, I just cannot do it. I, I'm feeling convicted of of this. And at the same time, I feel like I've been stripped to nothing. And I feel so weak right now. And I remember constantly praying Philippians 4. It's the be anxious for nothing. When Paul tells the church at Philippi, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I have that memorized and I can continue at times when I'm praying or if I feel like I'm getting anxious about something that's going on then I will remember what scripture says what does scripture say that's what I that's my that's my go-to when I need encouragement or I need the truth I don't go back on what my feelings are or I'm not sitting there trying to hear what God is saying I go back to what his word is because I know that that is truly God speaking through his word and I go back to scripture and I say what does scripture have to say because that's the truth. I can, I can know for certain that this is the truth. This is the truth because this is God speaking through his word. And I don't have to wonder if I'm hearing God or not because I know that this is certain. And his word says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's so important that we have thanksgiving, even when we don't feel like it, even when it's hard, that we are thanking God in the midst of that trial. We make our petitions known. And notice it also talks about supplication, which is begging. That's a pleading with God. That we make our petitions known. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I know I've talked about this before in another podcast, probably just not in a but more thorough detail personally. But it's a good reminder. We all need that reminder daily from the Word of God to focus on what the Word of God says. And then it goes on to even talk about whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is commendable, whatever is just. If there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. 
And it causes me personally to think about the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to think about him because he is lovely and pure and true, and he's commendable, he's noble, he's just, and he's he's worthy of praise. And so I would find myself constantly thinking about that that passage. And when I would pray, I would say, God, I'm anx- I thank you, Lord, that I'm anxious for nothing. You, you say in your word not to be anxious for anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make my request known to you. And these are my requests. And I remember, I'll just be transparent with you in this. I remember being in those moments, and I did, I felt weak. I felt weak because I thought in my mind, there was this battle of going, why aren't you decreeing and declaring? Why aren't you commanding? Look how weak you are. You don't have any power. And at the same time, I was resting and trusting in God after I would pray. Even there were moments I look back and I think, wow, there were times that I was anxious. And honestly, that's not trusting God. That is sinful. That is not trusting in the Lord. That is not depending on him. That was trusting in my own understanding. Whereas when I would pray and I would say, finally, just trust in him and just relinquish that over to him. What I was dealing with, casting my cares upon him, knowing that he cared for me so that I would feel such peace after that. The peace of God was guarding my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And near the end of my pregnancy, having to have a second C-section because Ephraim had turned breach along with other things that were going on, I was able to rest in the peace that everything was going to be okay. And everything was okay. We have a beautiful, we have a handsome, healthy baby boy who's getting ready to turn a year old this month. God sustained us and brought us all through that and brought me through that. Even though it was a hard time physically, it was a hard time mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But it was also a time of growth because it was a time that I was faced in a situation, in a predicament that I was not able to pray as I once did. And to learn what it meant to biblically pray, how it meant to, to really trust in the Lord and not in my words, not in the power of my words, not in the decree, the inflection of my voice, not to, to trust in that, which you may think that's funny saying that and thinking, well, you actually trusted in that. I didn't think I did, but when I would pray that way, I felt like I was powerful. There were times I prayed for things and that didn't happen. So then what do you make of that? Well, then you start blaming other people because their prayers didn't come to pass or they were weak or they had hidden sin or things that are just not based in scripture. But then when you're placed in that situation and the tables are turned and then you begin to see, wow, this is how you're supposed to pray. This is, you know, even the apostles who were fallible men (laughs) in need of a savior, by the way, Let, let me just mention that. We should not put these men and uh, the people in the Bible up on a pedestal. It reveals to us time and time again who the Savior is and that we are not the Savior. Christ Jesus is the Savior, and we are all in desperate need of a Savior to save us from the wrath of God and to, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I began to notice with this that when the, in the Philippians and even when Jesus tells his disciples, you know, he's, he's leaving his peace with them, I, that he gives not as the world gives, and to not be discouraged or be afraid. You know, thinking about the words of Jesus and then thinking about the words that the apostles penned by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and to look at time and time again at that these men and to see the weakness that they displayed, and to see in 2 Corinthians 12 how Paul talks about that when he prayed, Again, he was not decreeing and declaring. He was not commanding this thing to leave him. He prayed and he trusted in the Lord and was calling out to God. 
and was revealing his weakness. And Jesus was telling him that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul rested in that. He realized that there was strength in revealing his weakness because God was strengthening him in the midst of his weakness. It wasn't Paul's own strength that was getting him through these things, through the hardships that he faced, through the beatings, through the stonings, through the, the shipwreck, through the calamities that he faced as he ministered the gospel. First and foremost, he was prophesied that by Ananias that he would suffer for the sake of the gospel because that's what God said. He was going to suffer much for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. And then he, as he suffered, he endure this and he, by the strength of, and the power of God, and he received it. He understood that he was going to be content, that the contentment was not in his ability to be strong in and of himself, but the contentment was found in Christ. And he was content with his weaknesses, with the, the insults, with the hardships, with persecutions, with the calamities, because that was when he was truly strengthened in his knowledge and understanding and, and acknowledgement that he needed God that he needed to depend on God, and that he was weak in and of himself, but that Christ was his strength. And none of us want to suffer. None of us want to be weak, but we have to admit that we are weak. Because if we were strong in and of ourselves, there would be no need for Christ in our lives to save us, to redeem us. He's not some genie that we call upon to give us what we want and to be at our beck and call. He is our Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. And we trust Him no matter what. We trust that God's ways are better. We trust that whatever we're going through, it will be used for the glory of God. It will be used to testify of Him. It will be used to help us to be conformed to the image of Christ. It will help us to have things in us that need to die and need to be put under and crucified so that he can truly be glorified through us and that we can testify of him in everything that we do and bring and give him all the glory that he deserves in everything that we do. And so thinking about all of this and and being perfected in weakness, you know, we see that this way of thinking is upside down. And it's very much backwards to the world. It's backwards to our own flesh. It's backwards to our desire in that we want to be strong in and of ourselves. We want to claim that we have power. We want to be the source of power. We want to be the, 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 the pillar. We want to be the rock when Christ is the rock that we stand upon. Because if that foundation is wrong, then we will sink. We will not be able to endure things that come. When he is the one we stand upon and we stand upon the truth of his word, then we will remain solid. And going through things like this personally, there are lots of people probably listening to this that have gone through far worse things than I have. And regardless of the degree of what we're going through, the point is, is that we are to turn to Christ in our weakness. And we are not, again, we are not strong in and of ourselves. I think that we need to be reminded of that daily because there is such an arrogance that can come in our prayer life when we have this notion, well, all I can, all I have to do is just decree something and it's going to happen. And we take that from Job, which I would encourage you to read that in context. God did not say that. It was one of Job's friends that said it. And later on, I believe in Job 40, God rebuked Job's friends for the things that they said because he did not agree with them. So 
to say we can de- decree a thing and it shall be so, that is completely removing that scripture out of context. It's not what it means, and God did not say that. So we can take things like that and misconstrue it, even if our if we even if we're sincere, we can misconstrue that and. Ultimately, we're not glorifying God in doing that, and we're also misappropriating Scripture, and we're not truly understanding prayer. We're not truly understanding what it means to trust in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord is not just, I get my way when I pray. Trusting in the Lord is, there's a no in there, or my grace is sufficient, so to speak, and I say, okay, God, you're God, I'm not, I trust you. I ask that you would sanctify me in this time, that you would cause me to grow closer to you in this time, regardless of what I see. I still ask for healing. I still ask for my my family member to be saved. I still ask for, you know, marriage restoration or uh, relationship restoration or whatever it is that we're not seeing or someone else is sick. You know, the list could go on and on or someone's battling with mental illness or there, there is a slew of things that we could be praying for, but the point is, is that we are to pray. We are not to demand. We are not to decree. We're not to declare. We're not God. We are to trust in him as the created beings that we are in the sovereign, holy, and just God, and to realize that his ways are not our ways and that we need to bow our knees to him and to trust him in everything. In everything. I found it interesting when I was noticing how Paul prayed that he actually was weak when he prayed. This was a beautiful thing. When I saw this, it was liberating to see this in scripture because I thought, okay, you know, it's okay to be weak before God. We're supposed to be weak. We don't have to be pillars all the time or, or, or be strong all the time. God doesn't ask us to do that. He, he wants us to come to him in our weakness and to, to call upon him and to trust him. As I continued, as as we continued in our family on through 2020, there were other things that we dealt with and faced and physical things that we were dealing with in our family. And again, there was this these moments of feeling so weak before God, of feeling weak in uh, in prayer, feeling like it was a continual reminder at the, <laughs> on one hand of how fragile we are and frail we are and at the same time that our strength is found in the Lord that's how we are able to stand and to be strong even when we don't feel like we're strong if I can give you any encouragement today it's okay to feel weak I don't know who (laughs) I don't know who needs to hear this you know you hear that saying sometimes or people post that and it's like to say like it's a prophetic type thing when it's a generality but I'm saying this just as a general statement (laughs) I don't know who needs to hear this, and uh, it's all of us, actually, that need to hear this. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to not be a pillar all the time. It's okay, but we don't want to stay there. We turn to God in our weakness. We don't have to go this alone. We can turn to the, we are to turn to the Lord as believers in Christ. We are to trust in Him, put our faith, we have our faith in Him, meaning our faith is in that He saves us that he has redeemed us, and that we are given eternal life, even in this fallen world where we face things that are not fair, we face things that are challenging, we face things that are debilitating, we face things that are difficult, that are hard on our bodies, that are hard on our minds and emotions and everything. At the end of the day, our faith is in Christ. It's not in our words. It's not in our own faith. It's not in anything else. Our faith rests in Christ. 
And that faith is that we are saved, we are new creations, and the old has passed away, and that we have that promise that when we are with the Lord, when we leave this earth, whether he comes to get us or that we die, that we are given eternal life. That's the faith that we have. All of us need to hear this, that it's okay to be weak. Don't believe the lie that you have to be strong all the time. Don't believe the lie that your words have power. Don't believe the lie that you can demand, put a demand on things and that they can happen. And some people are going to argue with me or push back and they're going to say, well, I don't believe that because whenever I pray, these things happen. And my question would be from someone who came out of that belief and once held to that and used to believe that I could decree and declare things and that they would happen. Can you honestly tell me, first of all, that everything that you've prayed has happened? Every single thing? Because if it has, then you've got a secret that none of us know about. Has every single thing that you've decreed and declared come to pass as you said it would? None of us can say that. And any of us that say that, we're not being truthful. Because I can tell you right now, there are people that I did that to and I prayed over and I spoke things and that they did not happen. So when there are things that do take place and happen, then we are to ask, did it glorify God? Did that bring glory to God? Or did I take all the glory for that? Because I said, oh, look, I prayed and my words have power and I'm this super spiritual person. Whereas realizing that God in his sovereignty and his mercy and his grace, in spite of our pride and in spite of our ignorance at times in prayer, that he deemed a situation to be turned around because he's, he's a merciful and gracious and faithful and just God. Are we relying on the sovereignty of God? Are we relying that he's in control at the end of the day? Or are we relying on ourselves? For those that would give me pushback on that, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you. And I just want to encourage you to please search the scriptures to see what prayer, what biblical prayer really looks like. I mean, Jesus even modeled that for us in the Lord's Prayer, that our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May we always continue to turn to God for our source of strength and not ourselves and that we understand it's okay to be weak before the Lord and that we understand what biblical prayer looks like and that we are making our petitions known to him and that we're thanking him and that we're resting in his peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and that we learn to pray daily. God, keep me from temptation. Deliver me for, from evil. Re I repent of things that I've done. Forgive me, Father, for trespasses I've done against you that I've done against other people. Help me to forgive other people that have trespassed against me regardless if they ever give me any apology or whatever that, that I'm wanting. But we need to trust in the Lord and it's a, and remember that's okay to be weak before him because when we do that he is able to perfect us in our weakness by his strength be blessed today thank you for joining me on this podcast if you would like to connect with me you can find me on facebook and on instagram at lovesickscribe 
And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.